Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. All right, everybody. Welcome to another special episode of Confessional, Jimmy. We're not doing this. We're doing another side episode. Mm-hmm. My name is Mike Moran, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, you said my name and it scared me. Hmm. I don't know if you noticed. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good title for a horror movie. Yeah. You said my name and it scared me. Still not as good as Threads. I do think that's a really creepy name for a that nuclear. A, I don't is, know why. That is. Yeah. No, you're right. Why. It's unsettling. I felt the same thing. You're like, what? What? Yeah, yeah, there's something uncanny kind of about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But speaking of uncanny, Jimmy, we are doing a special uncanny episode today. We normally do canny. Yeah, you like canny. Yeah, we usually stick to canny, but we're going a little off the script, and we're doing our uh, our, our new side series, which is called How They Should Have Made It. How They Should Have Made It. Yes, yes. So we're doing a How They Should Have Made It for the film Alien 3. Good. Yeah. Good. Have you? Are you familiar with the Alien films? I have not. We need to do a whole side thing. How I should have done it, which is watch these movies, <laughs> like how I should have lived my right. life, and I should have watched all these movies. Well, Jimmy, before we get to our guests, why don't you, why don't you tell everybody where to find Confessional and where to find your podcast uh, live from the studio? Oh yes. Uh, so Confessional podcast, um, you can find that across the board. Primarily on, uh, if you're trying to be involved uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash confessional podcast, Mike posts the topic of the week every week, um, and you can submit your confessions either by commenting on the thread or DMing him if you want to remain anonymous, Uh, and it's also available across the board, Spotify, um, we're gonna. We're still looking at YouTube. Don't count us out on YouTube yet. Oh, yeah. uh, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, really the podcast app on iTunes, and of course, uh, shouts out to Live from the Studio. That's my podcast I do with uh, comedian Eric Glazer. You can follow us across the board at LFTS Podcast as well. All right, Jimmy. We have two guests today. Can you believe this? We have two people in the studio. When's the last time we had this? We haven't even had one person in the studio in quite some time. We've been doing virtual like. You're right. Most of the time. I, in fact, when I saw two real-life human beings show up, I was like, what's going on? Right, right. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. yeah and three separate Dunkin' Donuts trips, too. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> that's how it goes. we could have consolidated. Yeah, that's true. But they were just that's all true. in virtual mode, you know? <laughs> well, our guest today, our first one, is uh, my friend Anna Plattis. Welcome, Anna. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for coming by. Tell, uh, tell the listeners w- what you do creatively and where they can... They can see that kind of stuff. Um, so I am a local theater artist, been involved in local theater for about 10 years now. Um, I'm a company member at the Still Point Theater, and um, I'm on the artistic board of the Baltimore Rock Opera Society. Um, and I haven't contributed to this show coming up, but we do have a show coming up at the end of the month, our performance, our return to live performances, which is going to be the Shadow Showdown. It's uh, three sort of... Shadow plays that'll be in a park. What is a shadow play? Um, like like a, shadow puppets. Shadow puppets? Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Is it all done through hands? Um, no, 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 no. Like a cut, cut shadow puppets, like, you know, like Thai or Greek shadow puppets that go up against sort of a screen oh, and they'll be okay. projected really big with cool. a live band and um, live singers. Yeah. It'll be great. That and there's awesome. uh, some original pieces. Um, but if you want to check out the piece we sort of did in quarantine, the shadow six pack, I did work on that one. I was a set designer for. Um, 
You're the One by Mike Smith. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Uh, and our other guest today is, of course, uh, a, a familiar face for the How They Should Have Made It side series, Mr. Pat Stork. Hey, how's it how going? How are you, Good. Pat? Doing all right. Good to be back. You got anything coming up? Anything going on? Uh, honestly, I'm still in kind of a holding pattern on a lot of things until a lot of spaces open back up. Uh, so meantime, I've just been kind of working on back burner things like cool. eh, explore some ideas, maybe have things to promote out of it in right. a couple months. Awesome. Awesome. Are you writing for comic books still or? Uh, right now I am getting outlines together for a bunch of things, but unfortunately, uh, it's also still a holding pattern as to who owns the rights to some of the things that I've done work on. Right. And getting new work has been apparently pretty difficult in the industry in general. Just, mm -hmm. yeah. Let me ask you this. Are the comic book characters going through COVID? Not that I've seen yet. I'm actually a little bit behind on a lot of the ongoing serials, but uh -huh. um, and probably it'd probably be hard to tell because so many wear masks anyway. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so. Although the the mouth is one of the things that's not typically covered, save for like Spider Man. Spider Man. Um, um, who else? There's got to be another. Iron Man. Iron Man covers the face. Yeah, he might be. He's Electra, a forward thinker. Where's the Electra? Half mask. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Two Face wears uh, Deadpool. No, Two Face, no mask. No mask. He's just. But he only has half a face. Yeah. Yeah. No, he has a full face. It's just one's all. Well, actually, he has two faces. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to cut him short. He has more than the average amount of faces. No, no, no. It's just a nickname. <laughs> mm, oh, like when you call Big Guy Tiny. Right. They exactly. call him Two Face because he doesn't even have one full face. <laughs> kind of. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good okay. point. Okay. Good yeah. point. All right, guys. The movie we're discussing today, like I said, is Alien Three. Now, uh, Pat, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you, uh, your, your history with Alien 3, what you like, what you don't like, what you think should have been changed. All right. Well, to start off, I saw Alien 3 uh, with a lot of my friends opening weekend of the Towson Commons Movie Theater. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. It was, uh, I believe when they opened, they had eight screens. A, um, a two-tier, uh, uh, a multi-level mm -hmm, movie yeah. theater, which is rare. Yeah. There was the upstairs theater and then the downstairs theater, and half the theaters were playing Alien 3, and I believe half the theaters were playing Sister Act 2. Because <laughs> it was a brand new theater, and so everything so had, had two, already been out. Only two movies yeah. at once? It was the only things coming out that weekend, and everything else oh, had already been booked at other I theaters. I never thought the about that. The first week of, your, of a movie theater, you just get what... Uh, wow, yeah. that's strange. Yeah, and there was there were, there, were, there were seats available, but, I mean, it was still a pretty anticipated movie because you're coming off of Alien and Aliens. Sure. And... I was not nuts about it when I saw it. Okay. Uh... Over the years, I've come to appreciate David Fincher, uh, mm. but I almost didn't see Seven because I was that eh, on Alien really? 3 originally. Really? Everyone's like, just just check it out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm kind of surprised they, really gave him, they gave him that, that freedom to make that, you know, after Alien 3. Got, uh, small budget, and yeah. even though it wasn't warmly received, um, I feel like, A, a lot of people understand that Fox butchered the, yeah yeah um and so they weren't going to hold him accountable for that and it still made money and he still also had his career in music videos and commercial work mm -hmm. so they knew he could bring stuff in on a deadline uh on a budget efficiency yeah okay so um but yeah i just i wasn't nuts about it over the years like they've put out the director's cut i actually watched that recently 
Well, and, that's the assembly cut of Alien Three, right? Yeah, because there's there's no director's cut. No, because they, they didn't let him film everything. Yeah. yeah, they didn't let him like he, he even if he got it, he wouldn't be able to. They didn't film all the stuff he needs, right? Exactly. So it would have had to have been like a Snyder cut situation sure. if they Yeah, but so is that yeah. the, what the Snyder cut is? It's like it's not really his vision, but it's the closest they can get. No Snyder cut. They actually went back and filmed things. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Uh, well, I'd be I'd be cool with that if they did that for Alien Three. I still think it's a bad script. That's the thing. Rewatching it, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot that David Fincher tried to do to make it work, but I just think it's a bad script. Um, and I don't know if we want to get into the nuts and bolts now or yeah, sure. Right. Throw throw us some nuts and maybe a few bolts. Before uh, we get too far oh, into gotcha, the sorry. discussion of the movie itself, though, I do think this uh, movie requires a content warning. This. You know, there there is a lot mm-hmm. of themes of sexual violence, and there are scenes of sexual violence in the movie, rather than just being a metaphor for sexual violence yeah, like the true. other ones are. That's all I wanted to add. No, actually, I mean, that's that's one of my issues. <laughs> and if you want to if you want to dive in on that, I we, I can loop back. Just to before other we issues. started talking content, go ahead. Sure. I just oh. want to throw it. And in. the tearing open of uh, the little girl's chest that traumatized me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that and so you wouldn't show a. a that much child nudity in a movie now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did notice that when I was watching. I was like, what? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's not... I mean, I don't even remember that really being a thing in the early 90s, but yeah. definitely not now, for sure. And that's the thing is, like, three takes on, you know, it's it's got, you know, stalking, abuse. It's got, you know, a, you know assault, um, you know, general assault, but also sexual assault. Uh, it's got so many different things that weren't really the themes of one and two one and two start out um first off canaries in the coal mine you're if you're the low rung employee the company does not care about you they care about the product that's Mm -hmm. consistent through one and two Mm -hmm. three eh, it's kind of by the wayside it's not really relevant um it's mentioned but it's not a theme of the movie right uh and also um running in parallel with that the motherhood theme of you know, just how the alien is born, uh, but then Ripley being the last survivor, not wanting kids, just wanting to live with her cat. Like, it was a, a statement on... Is that is that uh, is the head shaving kind of part of that theme? I th- Like, I, she's given up her... I think that the head shaving... Um, I think that Ripley's overall look in the movie is very much an iconic women woman soldier look especially so Mm -hmm. i think that that has more to do with it i love her look in that oh it's iconic it is so cool um it was revolutionary at the time yeah like the the other i feel like it should have just been her like you know having all these like bald guys run around and can't keep track of them yeah oh my god i know so many white bald guys yeah they could have made those guys like more like better different colorful characters yeah that's like not most of the characters you didn't care about well they're red shirts the whole movie right 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 and you open the movie by killing off all of the other survivors of aliens. Yes. So that tells you in the first five minutes of your movie, basically, oh, nobody counts. Right. Like, don't, anything, don't bother anything getting to happen. know yeah. anybody yeah. because yeah. even if they survive this one. But f- that does add stakes, which is important for a horror movie, knowing that anyone can die. Mm-hmm. Not that this is necessarily a horror movie, but. I feel like it actually removes stakes because you're like, yeah, nobody counts. Okay. Nobody matters. Even if you love a character whatever like it there's no reason to get invested mm-hmm. if they've just wiped out everything yeah you and that's uh that's a that's a weird thing with sequels though is it it almost 
absolutely has to betray the finale of the last one because otherwise mm-hmm. there wouldn't be a conflict. I mean, the ending of Aliens implies we're everything's cool, we're going home, this turned out to be a good ending, but you can't make a sequel without having something shitty happen. Right, but you at you you made Aliens without having to kill the cat at the beginning. Right, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They literally threw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Like, the whole... The the emotional stakes of Aliens is just, like, can she save this child? Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you like, especially because I watched them back-to-back on Sunday night, like, they're just like, oh, she's dead now. Forget her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and with, with the themes, of, like I said, of family and, you know, uh, birth, the second one, it's this weird making of a nuclear family through this whole situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Hicks takes on the father role. Newt takes on the daughter role. So there's this family building within this worst corporate nightmare universe. But yeah, you wipe all of that out. You're, you're basically rejecting not just the characters, but the themes of the series. Do you guys think that that if they had kept those characters alive, could they still have done this movie? Like, could they have had the characters come to this prison as well? I, I, there's so much else that, you know, kind of mm, tricky with mm. the writing. I don't, I mean that it, it's a totally different story. Right. But, yeah. But. I also, I, I think the prison was, where is some place we can put them where we're not going to have weapons because that was an idea thrown out by yeah. Sigourney Weaver. I don't know how serious she was, but I know that. Which is kind of cool. That's a cool, I mean, really, I can't think of another action or horror movie that's had that, where it's like, we have nothing to fight this monster with. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's sort of bottle horrors, like The Thing or something like that, where they're, you're, they're in this sort of wilderness, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and extremely limited resources, that kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah. Um, all right, well, Anna, we'll get your uh, opinion on Alien 3 right after this. Let's read a confession from uh, Daniel Palomino Ruiz from Mexico. Do you believe that? I think the assembly cut is okay, just okay, but it's technically a failed experiment, in my opinion. David Fincher disowned it, and even the assembly cut is just a rescue of the intended tone of the script. The movie, it's an example of what development hell and producers interfere can do to ruin a movie, even one directed by a promising young director back then. As for the movie itself, the idea to go for a drama horror movie is interesting, I agree. Some of my favorite horror movies are drama slash horror, hereditary, carry, etc., but Alien 3 is just too dramatic. The nihilistic tone should have worked better, but maybe the somewhat slow pace ruins it for me. Where's the cosmic dread of the first one? Where's the body horror? Moving from the action fest uh, that was Aliens, it took courage to want it to go back to the tone of the first, but they didn't capture the mood. I needed a faster pace. It needed a focus on the religious themes of the original script. It needs more horror. But like I said, overall, I think it's okay. Not really a bad movie, just a lot of wasted potential. I think I mostly agree with that. How do you how do you feel, Anna? Um, I don't know that I really picked up religious themes on the first one. Um, no, no, no. He he was saying that the first script for the oh. alien, the original script, oh, which yeah. I, I think it was like they were going to be monks, right, mm-hmm. living on a wooden planet. Oh, weird. And they're okay. kind of monks in this. They're kind, yeah, yeah they're, they're monks, yeah. but they're in prison. I feel like, oh, sorry. Oh no, it's okay. Um, I definitely find the um the the prisoners, the custodians, whatever. Um. Is uh, it's kind of the um, the evolution through the decades as these movies go. You know, the first one's 1979, the second one's 1986, and um, even though we tend to think of Ripley as the badass Ripley from Aliens Three, um, mm-hmm. you know, people always talk about her as that strong 
yeah, you know, yeah. character who's sort of um, tough and, and manly. Sure. Um, in the first two movies, she's really not that. Mm-hmm. She's much more of a Clary Starling type where she's mm-hmm. very dedicated and by the book and does her job well. And that does not, you know, reap the rewards that it should. Right. She's right. still like very much not taken seriously. Um, and so, you know, the stakes that she's, the obstacles that she's working with in the first couple movies are just sort of general real life misogyny. Mm-hmm. And then in the third movie, they put her on planet misogyny where these right, dudes right, are a perfect right. intersection of um, super predators and fundamentalists, right, religious right, fundamentalists right. at the same time, which is like, <laughs> this is the Venn diagram <laughs> well, of misogyny. It's, it you know? like, I mean, a lot of prisoners like do find religion, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a big thing in jails. Do, do you like that they that they started it like that? Or do you think it... I I think that sometimes, especially, like I said, going from the 70s and 80s, where there were some movies that kind of talked about what a woman's path is in the world, um, then going into the 90s with some, some sort of female-led genre films, they really go into this um, hyper-misogyny, you know, like mm-hmm. this, this extreme version, and I think it kind of um, is to give the male viewer like a little distance from the, the, well, I'm not like that. I don't, you know, attack women right, in, yeah, <laughs> in, in yeah. dark passageways yeah, or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that it, it is um, kind of taking her into this fantastic place. Also the earlier movies, you know, could pass a Bechdel test where this one, they're like, no, there's no other woman for a million miles around except for the mm-hmm. queen you're gestating inside your body. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sister. Yeah. <laughs> Girlfriend. Now yeah. there's a sitcom. Yeah. Uh, Bill and Louise. Um, okay, so what's what's kind of your your background with Alien Three, Anna? So um, it is really strange that I hadn't seen it up until this point. I really love sci-fi. Uh, you didn't see it until until this weekend. Oh, okay. And, yeah. So um, and even though I really love sci-fi and I love um, woman forward sci-fi, um, I just hadn't seen it for whatever reason. And I love Sigourney Weaver too. And you know, as anyone who uh, was into art in the late 20th century i'm super familiar with geiger's work and everything and it's so um iconic Mm -hmm. um but of course you know like just existing in the world you know about alien you kind of generally know what the themes are and you see parodies of it and stuff you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. my favorite being the uh bob's burgers one where (laughs) (laughs) tina has a little stage production of aliens really so great yeah you gotta see it nice Mm -hmm. Uh i thought you were gonna say the space balls one with the the dancing alien with like oh yeah uh huh and of course that um, <laughs> uh, and there's an episode of Star Trek Voyager that sort of like pays homage to aliens a little cool. bit too yeah. so like there's um, a news radio episode that does it mm-hmm. yeah nice yeah. um all right well we have <laughs> talked about uh kind of what we don't like about this movie if we were given the opportunity to pitch this movie in 1991 or 90 whenever it was being made what what would you envision as the direction this movie would take. They come to you. They say, Anna, we realize you're only 10 years old. (laughs) But uh, for the sake of a podcast that's going to come out in 30 years, we need need your pitch. We need the pitch of what should happen. Um, And I know that's what you do on this podcast. I hadn't really um, thought that part out yet. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's all right. um, We can go to Pat first if you want to. Yeah, we could. We could. What's uh, your pitch, Pat? Well, first thing, if... If it's 1990, I'm going to ask them why they aren't going with the William Gibson script. Uh, okay. Maybe give it some tweaks, but they cannibalize that for mm-hmm. elements of three and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's what's uh, what's different with that one? Uh, oh, a lot. It's originally uh, 
Ripley wakes up and they tell her that Newt and Hicks and Jonesy and all didn't survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither did she. She is a clone of Ripley, <laughs> which they use Whoa. in part four. Right. Um, but she is a clone of Ripley. Uh, they found the bugs on another planet and they she's the only one who's been able to survive it. So instead of continuing the trend of nobody believes Ripley, even though you listen to Ripley, this one actually said, she's the expert. We need to clone the expert because we can't do this. And as it goes along, she starts having visions of like Hicks and then has visions of Newt then has visions of Jonesy all talking to her. Okay. The cat talks to her. Now, would Newt have been Uh, played by the same girl? Because she would be way older by then. I think that was the plan. Mm -hmm. Um, Just have an older version of her. Yeah. But as the story goes along, you find out that they lied to her because the company always lies and that she actually is Ripley. She survived. Everybody survived, but they knew that the only way she would go in is if she had no sense of self-worth. So they gaslight her and she winds up figuring that out. So then do we get a happy ending where everybody's alive? Um... It went through drafts, but at least they didn't well, all die at the version, beginning. In your version. Uh, in my version... Uh, the Pat Stork cut. In my version, Newt definitely survives. Hicks, if he dies, may be a sacrifice towards the end to protect the family. Mm-hmm. But then that can open up four to be like single motherhood. Um, but like continue those themes of just basically, yeah trying not to be mansplained to glass ceiling, like everything that, mm-hmm. you know, was well, being touched on that three just kind of threw out the window okay. for total. Like, so you think it should continue the, the themes from the first two? Absolutely. I think that's what people really connect to mm-hmm. on a, on a, you know, a secondary level. Mm-hmm. Whereas three, it's kind of a half wash. Oh, religion can be kind of bad, but never really makes a stance with it. Right. Uh, they take the femininity away from Ripley. They're like, oh, it's a bunch of bald dudes. We're just going to ma- shave her head. Um, you don't have to cut her hair off to make her more masculine. Right. And-, and I hate the excuse that they use in the movie. For They're like, we have a lice problem. Yeah. It's like these, these are like monks. Like, shouldn't this be like a religious thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. that's why she has to shave her t- head too. Otherwise, but no, but I, yeah, but no, why, but I think it would be like a, a misogyny thing mm-hmm. in the beginning. I think they'd be like, we have you have to shave. You know, we're shaving your head without your consent. You know, yeah. Or, like, sort of or, or it could even like we were saying, it could be like the the other guys don't shave their heads, but when she comes, they're they're all like freaked out and weird out, and they're like, well, we need to at least shave her head so she's not tempting us or whatever. Yeah. But could also make it her decision to shave her head for some utilitarian purpose. Mm-hmm. Give her the badass haircut, but let it be a choice. Mm-hmm. Let her actually have agency in it because otherwise it is her being abused by these other new characters when she's already sur- survived how much onslaught of mm-hmm. these giant yeah. killing beasts. Yeah, but it is about her overcoming these new characters too, though. I mean, it's not just Yeah, like- but they shouldn't be a challenge. Like, after she's gone up against ultimate boss level in this last one, a bunch of unarmed prisoners really should not be that big a deal for her. Right, yes. And they, um, you know, they they kind of make this point. They make her as... She gradually gets tougher and tougher and tougher as as time goes on, you know, throughout all three movies. But they make it really clear that, you know, two or more men in agreement could... Fuck you up anytime, <laughs> you know. Don't ever right, forget right. that. That's yeah, a I mean, constant yeah, that's threat. the thing. There's yeah. tons of them. Like, yeah. they, they would be a threat with no weapons, you know. Yeah. yeah. With without her having weapons. 
Yeah. Um, so what, Pat? Would yours? What would the would it? What would the tone be? Would it be like a horror movie? Would it be an action movie? Uh, well, assuming that you know the, the William Gibson script is thrown out just because you know, I would still, like I said, keep them alive. Um, all of them should be a variation of a horror movie, mm-hmm. whereas the first one is much more, you know, monster Blade. in the house yeah. um, suspense. The second one is action horror. It's like a zombie movie. It's the overwhelming, you know, horde. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one, I kind of lean on it being home invasion. Like they are, like they've gotten back, but this creature has followed them and they are put into a quarantine on the way back following the rules that should have been followed in the first one. Mm. So like this one, let everybody go by the book and realize that that doesn't work. And while they're quarantined, it's a home invasion piece. They have built this, you know, family unit. You're going to have to add characters in there that are maintenance on it or whatnot, but it could be a space station towards earth so that you still have the incremental creeping terror of this alien you, race but, but you wouldn't they, they're not on earth though no you save earth for part four or five okay you really once you get to earth it's all bets are off uh basically honestly mankind is ruined if an mm-hmm. alien touches ground on earth mm-hmm. so that's how you end the series but yeah you have a space station well, not if they do a stay at home order <laughs> Yeah, that'll work. That'll yeah, work. stay-at-home work orders work all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I agree that the 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 major stakes of this film are not letting the aliens be get let loose on right, humanity. Right, right. You know, that's yeah. why that's why she has to sacrifice. Yeah, herself yeah, she's almost like a Christ figure, like she's saving humanity. Yeah, they really they really nail it. <laughs> they really like nail it. Yeah, that, with the, that is with the, like. That is such a tired trope, too. Like yeah. the Christ poses, and you know. Well, who is it for? Pro- is it for Christians? Because I don't think they like that. Is it for atheists? Because I don't think they like that. You know, like who? Who is that um, heavy-handed Christ depiction for? I, I think, think it's, it's for hacky writers. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's kind of like this makes it like spirit. You know, like it makes it like mythologized or like yeah. uh, which I find her sacrifice less. Germ- you know, like when a male character makes a sacrifice. Like Tony Stark or something. It it's to represent this huge turnaround and evolution in his character, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, when women make that kind of sacrifice, it's sort of expected, you mm-hmm. know. Like, women are often expected to make sacrifices for those around them or for the greater good and instinctually. Mm-hmm. So like, they're trying to get her not to jump into the the fire because they know she's gonna, you know. Right. It's not mm-hmm. really a big like, oh, is she gonna do it? They know she's gonna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so would you have changed that ending? Um, I mean, I do, I don't, I don't mind her jumping into the metal. I don't understand why she didn't, they didn't just do the plan where she was in the lead with the guy, you know, like why the, um, the cleric, I don't see, I don't know anyone's name in this movie because I had to watch it without subtitles. Yeah, it's all the same guy. (laughs) Like for as many people can remember character names from one and two, remembering names from three and four is not impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So the cleric guy, for lack of a better term, they're down there in the lead. She's supposed to get trapped in the lead with the xenomorph. And then he sacrifices himself for her, even though she's said to him repeatedly, I would like to die, please. (laughs) So just, you know, just respecting her autonomy once again. And then 
like, why does water kill it? That is not explained to me at all. Is it because well, the lead is hot and yeah, then the water? Yeah, I thought so. But wouldn't that just shatter the crust of lead around the thing? Why does it shatter the xenomorph's entire body? That does not make, know. that is not adequately explained. Okay, so things I would change. More science-y sort of explanations, because mm. th- to me, the the one of the fun progressions of of this story as a horror is in the beginning, the the aliens are very you know mysterious very very in the shadows you know you don't really see a whole one at any point the second one you know you get this queen and egg situation and you start to figure it out a little more and then kind of a lot of the what we know about their species goes out the window mm-hmm. in number three mm-hmm. like why is she gestating a, a xenomorph the entire movie when in other well but it, it, she had a queen though right yeah i guess they kind of do that but then does Gallic have one in him they do like he's really hungry so that makes me think he has one in but none one never comes out and how is it controlling his brain like why does he release the the alien from captivity like there's so many like the the story of the aliens as like a scientific discovery really kind of gets shaky Mm -hmm. in this movie Mm -hmm. so i would i would definitely you know like i'm a i'm a star trek person you know what i mean sure. i want that fake science even yeah. if it doesn't Absolutely. make sense i want them Absolutely. to rattle off some fake mm-hmm. science at me for sure yeah. and they don't they just kind of it's kind of all a mess right. um don't tell us midichlorians per se, but at least let us know there <laughs> right. is a force. Yeah, like, right. There's yeah. a something yeah, this that is supposed makes to be like a realistic a kind of movie too. This yeah. isn't Star Wars. It's like, not it's Star Wars. It's definitely more in, in our world, world. Yeah, in the future. In just like a near in a future, future where the internet wasn't infinite. <laughs> yeah, in a capitalist future, which I also enjoy. But so then that's another thing. This is I like, start with like this um, capitalist future where you know people are still being abused by corporations. Then they go into the military the second time, how military, mm-hmm. you know, people are expendable. And then they go and through corporate like, and all again yeah. through through corporate interests and financial interests. And then third, they go this movie, they go into like the sort of prison industrial complex, but they never really say what they're doing with that. Are they trying to say that people that prisoners should have more value or are they saying that prisoners are nothing like where are they going with it? Mm-hmm. They kind of don't make their position clear. So, what they needed was a Morgan Freeman voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uzo yeah. Aduba would have would really... Yeah. yeah. yeah it, it, the movie didn't have anything to say. Not that you need a giant point banging you over well, the head, but right. like James Cameron has always had something mm-hmm. to say with mm-hmm. his movies, Definitely. even if it's not overt. Right, usually, right, right. Kind of. Well, okay, let me ask you guys this. Say what you will about this film. I absolutely love the aesthetic. I love the way it yes. looks. I love the way she looks. Even though I, I feel like the, the background men should have been more interesting and different, it still looks cool. Their coats are so cool. Like yeah. the, the long, yeah. fluffy jackets yeah. are so cool. The atmosphere of this movie I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah. it. I mean, um, Geiger really informs the sort of 90s um, sci-fi and horror aesthetic. You know, the, the first two movies seem like they could be in that sort of Star Wars world where it's right. space stuff that looks like space stuff we're familiar with. And it's got wear and tear. It's a little gritty. Mm-hmm. But then, like, um, you know, Aliens 3 is sort of in that sort of Matrix 90s style sci-fi where everything is filthy. Yeah. there's Everything is dark and, like, wet and shiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like... Very um, 90s. Like, yeah, very Shatter 90s. Run cyberpunky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean, Geiger's work goes back to the '60s. He was just very mm-hmm. ahead of his time in, yeah. in his aesthetics. He was the aesthetic of the '90s, right? Right. Before the '90s, you right? Know? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I, although, if they did put this one on Earth, I could see 
like I, like I said, I love the atmosphere, but I could see them doing the total opposite if it was set on Earth and it was like a big war type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, or where, where it's like a, you know, a big, I could see it being like a big, colorful action, uh, early 90s, like blockbuster film. Yeah. With like lots and lots of aliens and like you know and, flying cars and future cities and everything, but you could do that with three. You could have them maybe they're quarantined on a small habitable moon or you know mm-hmm. an LV four two six, a planet that's already been colonized. Yeah, they're brought there, and we actually like it's not Earth because Earth is still home and sacred, mm-hmm. but on this outpost, that is what gets an alien invasion, and the end of the movie is that the planet is fucked. Right. So that right. they escape, but you know if the aliens get to Earth, mm-hmm. it's still doomsday. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not winning against them. Yeah. There's just yeah. escaping and holding off. Yeah, they, they should have. And then in a sequel to that, they could go to the alien world, too, you know? Is there an alien world? We don't know where no. they came from. We don't know what, like... Yeah, but they could explore that. They came from somewhere. Right. Yeah. And the first, the first movie asks, what is this? Mm. The second movie asks... How is this? Like, you know, oh, the alien queen creates these. Like, it it, it answers part of the, the question. The first movie is Faith No More. The second movie is Daniel Johnston. No Fair. one's going to get those jokes. <laughs> it says, what is it first? Mm-hmm. And then it says, how are you? That's terrible. Can we edit that? That's horrible. <laughs> what is wrong oh, with me? Can't edit if we riff. The third one is... I got nothing. <laughs> I do like that the third movie is finally where, you know, she gets... Um, you know, she gets face huggered. She gets eggs implanted in her, you know, because it's um, it only happens to one dude in the first movie, but it's iconic and it's horrifying and everything. And yeah. then there's the kind of the the very um, not just implied threat, but literal threat of it happening to her in the second movie. Paul, Paul Reiser kind of sets her up for mm-hmm. that to happen to her. And then in the third movie, it finally happens. And like, you know, they hint at it the whole time. Like the first time she wakes up, she's rubbing her throat, you know, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, so I do like that. I do like how that mm-hmm. carries um, through the movie. Right. So right. so that is good, even though it it is kind of it is kind of gross. And it means that Ripley's going to die. Um, but she, you point out like she is rubbing her throat, but they also say they cloned her because she originally had one of these in her. And no, and, and the Aliens 3. Oh, and three, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm when sorry, I was up, thinking of four. Yeah, she, yeah, she's like ahead. always kind of yeah. rubbing her throat and it's kind of implied. Um, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, I don't know what I was about to say. But That's the, right. the sorry, pacing sorry. of the movie is... You were really, going to make a Faith No More joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, the pacing of the movie is all, also really different from the other films. In the other films, you know, like, there's an alien birth... Once the alien comes with size, it starts snatching people pretty sure. consistently. This movie, it seems like there are three full cycles of them having like town hall meetings with arguments and inspirational speeches, and then like p- ambush preparation montages, like over and over and over. Like they have all this time right. to just hang out right. in small groups, two by two, and just have long conversations where you're like, "Why is an alien not eating you?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's only one alien, so we're fine. It can't get us all at once. And but they're not always all together. You know, it's every so often you have to split somebody off so that they can walk down a hallway and then hear a thing, turn around, reveal alien smack. Like a lot of repetition to the death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll discuss it some more. Let's read another confession here. This is from Dave August, Point of Rocks, Maryland. Oh my God. 
Alien 3, the one I do not admit exists, done so horribly, <laughs> and the times to the rest of the series are beyond ludicrous. And the times? That might be a typo. Uh, what could have been with the differences between realms of thought of prisoners and Hicks as a surviving Marine would have been deep in character development. The knowledge that Bishop has an android is also gleaned over too quickly and could have given us more insight into the Weyland yutani Corporation, which really could have expanded the franchise more quickly than waiting for Alien Resurrection. We could have left off the interspecies portion of the dog alien. I like the dog alien. A delve into the medical aspects and biological aspects of the alien, Anna, could have been done rather than waiting for the subsequent series to come out with Prometheus, etc. in the 21st century. The abilities of Bishop plus the on-site doctor as well as possible access to company computer records could have taken this down a very interesting path. You could have gone into thriller combined with conspiracy drama, which would have been a nice progression from suspense in the first movie and action in the second. I know that at this point they are debating whether Ripley would continue, meaning whether Sigourney Weaver would continue, uh, and if they did not instantly kill off Carrie H., Newt, they could have given themselves more options. Yeah, why Newt could have been like the star. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially considering one of the common themes of 90s movies was conspiracy and corporate evil. They could have mm -hmm. opened up many channels into further stories along Waylon Yutani lines. Very well said, Dave August. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Actually, um, a couple... Oh. No, go ahead, sir. Uh, a couple points in there. Like I've just been kind of rattling around some of the loose ideas. If it was to be a, a moon outpost, uh, you could do... The dog alien and other creatures that might have been put on that world, like a bear alien, mm -hmm. or like yeah, let's yeah. get let's get outside of mammals. What else could it? Oh my god, I totally into? just remembered. As a kid, I like because I've been doing this crap that we're doing right now my whole <laughs> life in my head. I remember I came up with a movie called Alien Zoo, and it would be like all kinds of aliens. Yeah. Like we could have that, like that shark aliens. I remember thinking how scary that would be. Yeah, like they're just, they're on this outpost and off in the wilderness, it has been taking over and spreading along the planet and nobody's really aware of it. Then they could be there trying to figure out ways to make it so that aliens do not, at least the face huggers, don't jump on you. So you could work on trying wear to wear a mask like we do now. Could do a mask, but like if there was like some genetic thing just for the sake of basically sterilizing ourselves to take, to take the fatherhood, motherhood ideas. So, like, yeah, people are trying to inoculate to protect against the aliens, it, but it could be let's not propagate the species and take on those themes while having all the, you know, mm -hmm. shark alien. Why not? There's, Absolutely. You know, in, a, in a lake somewhere. Right, right. Like, um, what do you think, Anna? It still bothers me that they never explain why this alien is more doggy. I thought of it as kitty, but yeah, like why it's different from the other ones. Like right. that is just never explained. Um, if it was a standalone movie, it wouldn't bother me, but like coming mm. from this. Yeah. Like, and it yeah. comes out like almost fully formed, doesn't it? Well, I've kind of thought maybe that's because yeah. it just states in a cow and a cow is a larger animal, but the cow's dead. Well, already. In, in, it doesn't make well, any sense. Well, see, in, a, in, in the version you saw, mm -hmm. it's in an ox, but in the other one, it's a dog. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. In the theatrical version, okay. it's a dog yeah. and well, arbitrary change, kind of. People yeah. don't want to see dogs die. No one wants to do that. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no one wants to see a dead dog. Like and it, that, is, yeah. it is sad when the dog dies, too. He's, like, laying there. All... Oh, yeah, the cow, you just see it. It's dead from the beginning. Like, yeah. you see cows, and then you see a dead cow. If People are obviously more comfortable with dead cows than they are with other kinds of dead animals. But, yeah, they never explain why it's different. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. that It does really bother me that, like, that 
that through line is sort of abandoned because it's one of the more interesting things about you right. know aliens in general, and that's the title of the movie is Aliens. Like, right, let's learn right. about the alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, what about this having Newt as the main character? Would that have been a thing? You think? I mean, I think she could have grown into the role. You know, she could have mm-hmm. been the main character of Number Four, especially if they thought that maybe Sigourney Weaver is going to walk away. It mm-hmm. makes a little more sense for so her to be there. I also just don't like the way. They got they scrapped her right at the beginning right, of the movie. Yeah. I don't think that was right. Well, so you guys agree that they, they should have kept expanding this universe and like getting more into the corporation and more mm-hmm. into the biology of the aliens and, mm-hmm. and keeping the characters going, you know, like they could have done multiple things with Yeah, I mean yeah. Ripley does grow as a character in a really good way. The, my biggest problem with her uh, character arc is I don't understand why she doesn't tell people sooner what's going on i mean like her core value is like a responsibility to protect others and then she just keeps it a secret Hmm. for like a good half of the movie she won't tell anyone what's going on even though there are indications that the aliens made it to Mm -hmm. where she is Mm -hmm. um that's just super out of character and it doesn't really make sense for the story um, yeah. She in general doesn't act right in character. Like she, I mean, she doesn't warn people. Where I mean, in Aliens, she's like, "This is a mistake. We need to get the f out of here." Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't do that, and her reaction to everybody else being dead is almost entirely on Sigourney Weaver's face in the moments between lines where it's just like, "Move on." Well, could it be a thing where she's like jaded now? Like she's. Think- she's in hell, basically. Like her, all the people, all her friends are dead. She's in this terrible prison colony with all these terrible people. Like, could it be a thing where she's just like, screw it? And then her redemption is when she starts to care again. Yeah, with but- better writing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It could, I mean, I think that is what they're trying to say is that she, she doesn't say anything because she thinks no one will believe her anyway, but she has a medical doctor right there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're. Yeah. And it- they should have had him in the movie longer, too. I thought their, their chemistry was good. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Um, yeah, it, it is it is weird. <laughs> it is weird how they're just like, well, we're just gonna enclose ourselves in a in a curtain while there's a a, a dangerous predator predator around and we're not gonna <laughs> 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 yes. He he dies for no reason. Um he, yeah, he has like a very uh sort of unceremonious death um right after she starts to get attached to him. Uh which I guess they don't wanna give her a love interest all the way through the movie. Fine. But um, why she doesn't, because co- when she finally does confide in somebody, it's not even him. It's the, the warden who doesn't, who's, mm. who's just, um, you know, he's, uh, he's all spin, you know, mm. um, which is, again, on theme. But it's just so late in the movie for her. I would feel like if anything Ripley could have learned from the first two movies is to be uh, more adamant, you know, if, if, if there's any... Right. Um, if there, she has any shortcomings in the in the first two movies, it's that she's not more insistent that people listen to her. And as or I know what, what that's about like, this as a but theme? what if she was like, you know what? If I say anything, the corporation's going to find out about it, and they're going to come here and take it. So the corporation's I'm just going to let this whole yeah, corporation's on the way. Yeah, from the time she wakes up, the corporation's well, already on the way. Yeah. If you're in well, one mind, colla- <laughs> if you're in one mind collapse. You speak out for workers' rights. If you're in two mind collapses back to back, right. yeah. you are railing you, against the corporation. You right. are well, every alarm you and can. And if you're sound. in three, you go talk to a voodoo doctor because you have some kind of curse on you. Uh, apparently so, because yeah, but yeah, it makes no sense why she wouldn't just be out there. Like well, that. I'm right. saying in my version, maybe the, the corporation doesn't know yet, 
And they in like the prison colony doesn't even know what the corporation is or what. And she is like, all right, we're going to all sacrifice ourselves together here. Well, that's uh, with the, I keep layering onto this, you know, moon planet, like outpost idea, but the corporation owns that Mm because it's a quarantine that they've set up Mm -hmm. for her and everyone like, we're, we just want to take care of you. This is all good. You've, you've served your time. We are, you know, no, they're dumping her in the middle of another situation because Mm -hmm. they know it'll keep Mm -hmm. her quiet if she's dead as part of it. But they're also setting up the experiment of all of this stuff. And it's a planned community, kind of like Columbia, Maryland. Mm -hmm. Like they've built. We don't need to drag Columbia, Maryland into the (laughs) alien franchise, Pat. But like they they have set up. I'm not picturing Edward Norton in space. Yeah. Fair enough. Although he, Although he actually we could add him to one. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, he would have yeah. been, been fine. Right. But yeah, much in the way that I wish the third movie had continued the progression of teaching us about this alien species, I wish that the third movie had continued this progression of like v- our view into the, the corporation mm-hmm. and their influence in the greater universe. Um, but like by bottling us up in this weird place, we don't, we hardly see any corporation. They show up in the last five minutes and then they're like, mm-hmm. oh, hey. Yeah. That android you like, he was based on my face. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. We don't yeah. really learn anything in the third movie except that Ripley dies. Right. Yeah, there, yeah the, there's no for continuance of the story that mm-hmm. we've been watching. Yeah. There's no okay. growth. Let me ask you this. Uh, a lot of people have pointed out how the, the first one is a horror movie. The second is like an action movie. The third is a drama. What, how would you characterize your version? I think the third movie is a horror movie. Yeah, I would just say uh, more of a Rio Bravo Assault on Precinct 13 in my idea. Okay. Um, but with a little bit of Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Like the siege type thing. Right, right. Well, there's definitely going to be horror in these movies no matter oh, what. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. But like, yeah, the first one is like a stalker in the house. Right. The second it's like a one, slasher movie in space with an alien, basically. Yeah. Then the second one, is, I mean, they move through all of LV-426. There's a lot of, you know, escape. Right. This one could still be a siege one like the prison as an idea, but they're trapped in this planned community. Right. And so it's a different, yeah, I'd go, I'd lean much more like Precinct 13 okay. and Dawn of the Dead. Okay. What do you think, Anna? I think that it could have still been a prison, but been like a, instead of a defunct abandoned prison it could have been an actual prison and the corporation could be it could be a for-profit prison run by the corporation and then you get more corporation and then you could get more into um you know she could be sort of leading a bit of a revolution against the corporation or finding collaborators like-minded people Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. want to stand up to the corporation like that would be somewhere for this to go yeah could could, do you do you see like the trilogy concluding with the uh corporation collapsing like she finally destroys it or being exposed or Mm -hmm. you know um yeah something like that you know where where somehow in addition to saving the world from the alien invasion she also kind of saves the world from this evil corporation, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I understand they want the corporation to main gain, maintain control throughout, you know, right. subsequent movies, but like she could be getting a little bit more progress towards, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, so taking I, them down. In my version, I'm seeing, like I said, either a big action adventure, uh, summer blockbuster, mm-hmm. Terminator 2 kind of thing meets Blade Runner, you know, colorful and loud, or the really somber tone of three, but just done better. How would you, what would your tone be? Would you make it an, an action movie? Would it, uh, you know, would it be bright and, and colorful or would it be dark and drab? 
Um, I would actually take the opportunity of different environments um, to open it up, not have it be as cold and clinical as one and two have been. Mm-hmm. Have elements of that so that it's familiar, mm-hmm. but get a chance to explore outside into like woodland areas or like fields or whatnot. Like give the aliens a more natural environment to play in and see how they operate, not surrounded by machinery. Right. Right. Um, how would they camouflage? How mm. would they? You I know? could almost see them putting like them in quarantine, like in an old area, you know, like in some old building that's not used anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of having like that that type of abandoned suburban feel, you know. Yeah. I do love the aesthetic and set design of this movie, though. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's something mm. I would change, mm. especially because. Um, you know, I, I keep going back to the sort of uh, Geiger inspiration, but like the earlier movies, Geiger just does the aliens and then the sets are sort of different. This one, there's a Geiger inspired set too, which as I said, I think informed a lot of the films of the same genre for the next 10, 10 or more years. So I do like the setting a lot. I think it's yeah, really cool. Me too. Um, and I like all the sort of textures mm-hmm. that they kind of play with in the in the aliens themselves and now do you think sort of they look. should have had weapons in this movie um i do i do kind of like restrictions on a world that's one of the things i love the most about science fiction and space movies in general is that there is just sort of um you know these restrictions like people are always sort of in this tin can together and sort of stuck with the conditions that they're in and they have to work around it mm-hmm. um so the lack of weapons isn't so bad the, the foundry is an, a really interesting place to try to trap this thing. They have a few different options for trapping it. Um, I do think there is a little bit of a failing, especially in that later scene where they're, um, they're all running around the air ducts or the furnace trying to you know, trap it into these different sections. It's so blind for the viewer. You're just kind of watching people yeah, running in yeah. circles, and you don't even fully understand. Like It seems like they're trying to trap it in one part, but then... I guess it's to lead it to the lead. We needed a better map. Right. And we needed some sort of um, B-roll of an aerial view or something where we could just see where they're directing it and yeah. what, is, yeah. what is going on, you yeah. know, what the plan was. Well, they kind of did that in clear. the first one, didn't they, with, like, the tunnels. They, like, showed mm-hmm. you where mm-hmm. everyone was or where the alien was. Yeah, they had, like, a monitor that was showing you where the... At first and second movies, they both kind of had, like, some monitors that showed you mm-hmm. where things were going. Um, yeah. And it seems like they sort of intentionally do away with that. She's like, hey, there's CCTV all over. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't work. I guess because they wanted to eliminate that element. I don't know why they would want to, but it seems like they did it intentionally. It's their way of saying, hey, we thought of a thing and got rid of it. Aren't we clever? (laughs) Just leave it out. Now you're just going to watch dudes run around the same piece of set over and over and over again. Yeah. 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 All right, well, let's read uh, the oh. final confession here. This one is from uh, James Radatus, Atlanta, Georgia. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your last name, James. It was a colossal missed opportunity. People had gotten into the used future world of evil corporations, uh, space truckers, and demoralized space aliens, all threatened by a shadowy xenomorph presence. Not only that, Ripley wasn't the sole survivor in Aliens. Meet Hicks and Bishop, uh, I think she meant, I think you meant Newt, not Meat, because there's no character. Autocorrect, yeah. yeah. We're all interesting characters that could have been part of a continuing story of humans versus Xenos across the galaxy. Instead, we get a shaved head and a dead dog. <laughs> I, think fa- <laughs> I think fans would still go for a retcon 
that picked up where aliens left off, maybe a streaming series where humanity has to choose whether to run or fight a spreading Xeno plague. If well done, I think it could be a compelling series. So I think James here is suggesting uh, that uh, despite the fact that we have a shaved head and a dead dog, they could do like a a Halloween-esque retcon and just Mm -hmm. pick up from part two and erase everything after, which seems to be the consensus among a lot of fans is that everything was just not up to par after part two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would you guys think of that if they did something like that? Um, it is possible. Uh, you'd be able to actually retcon it without having to retcon retcon. If you wanted to go back in, we know that the company has lied to Ripley. Mm -hmm. We don't know how much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we know that Ripley's daughter died of old age. That was in part two, right? Maybe she also had adventures that we don't know about and that the company didn't tell her about. Uh, Maybe Ripley's daughter went out looking for Ripley, whoa. who was drifting in now space. Now you're blowing my yeah. mind, Pat. So you're talking about a mid-quill, kind of. A mid-quill. And, where, and Sigourney would play her daughter, right? Yeah. Well, Sigourney well, Weaver now, no. is that's not an option. You know yeah, Sigourney mean. was in uh, stasis the whole time. Well, so, but I you mean, could she, get anybody she died to from play. Old age, so she could be any age, right? True. No, but I'm saying, saying you could open it up for now. a new. You oh. could open it for a new actress, just for right. a franchise yeah, I, purposes. I could see if that was done right. I could see a, a, a redone uh, Ripley with the right person. You know, like like kind of a la um, uh, the the new Hannibal Lecter. You know, yeah. And it's yeah. yeah. And this one doesn't have to restart it. And we know. That in the first Alien, the company is interested in what this thing is, but we don't know how much they know about it. And we find out later, like Prometheus and all that, that they Mm -hmm. they were aware of some of it. But yeah, Ripley's daughter could be on the thing that actually gives the information to the company. We could watch the seeds of it all be laid out through her quest to find her mother. Interesting. She could be the one that eventually finds the pod, but at what cost? Because it, it... sparks all the rest of it okay wow i like that that's really creative yeah i i like that too because it, it's going back in the timeline of this story without exactly erasing this movie because like you know this movie for all its problems i i think that the the long-term story of ripley is still cool and mm-hmm. still like mm-hmm. you know important to the genre overall yeah, yeah. Um, um could they do a thing where like you know like you're saying before you know, there was, there was uh, ideas of, like, Ripley thinking she was cloned or not being cloned, and mm-hmm. she actually was. Like, could they do something like that to, to get the, the characters back? And... Possibly. Uh, but it would, honestly, it would have to serve the new characters and the moments they have. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't be the worst thing to pay homage to other parts of the series, to use some of the stuff off of the floor. Mm-hmm. But it would have to be right for what the story is they're telling. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. which I don't think they did with three and four. I think they just ripped out little ideas that they kind of liked and slapped them together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without concern. So if, forget Alien 3, if they were to make another one, I'm sure they will at some point, mm-hmm. you, that's what you would want to see is like a mid-quill with the daughter. Uh, yes, but I actually think I would rather see that as, like you were saying, like, you know, a premium series. Right, right. Um, yeah, do it on like yeah, Hulu, yeah. HBO. Okay. Uh, what, what do you think, Anna? Would you? Oh well, I'm always about a premium series. Over when a movie. when would it take always, place? Always, always. Um, yeah, I think that it is kind of. I really like that idea of going back to either Ripley's daughter who died of old age, you know, while she was in stasis, 
or Newt. Like, the company lies. The company could have just... I mean, granted, it's the, the soldiers that tell her that Newt's dead. But, and we see um, the corpse. And she <laughs> sees the corpse and everything, but like... Oh my, I just thought of something. Yeah, I don't know. But there could be um, there could be other characters in this world mm. that tell more of this story rather than yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it could be further down the line and they, you know, where the 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 Ripley clone from number four is Sigourney Weaver's current age and she informs the story, but she's not necessarily the main character. Right, right. Well, um, what about this? What if we, we don't see what happens between aliens in the beginning of Alien 3? What if they're like intercepted secretly and they're cloned or something like right. that? Yeah, something and, like that. And that's why, that's how the eggs got in the ship. That explains that plot hole. Yeah. Yeah, because that is a huge plot hole. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, if the company catches the ship and basically wants to test out the what it would do at this prison colony... They're expendable. They're prisoners. They can be experimented on. Right, right. That oh, could, dude, we got something here. We got it. We could, we yeah, there's a out. way to side cool it and make it work. Absolutely. Yeah. We just yeah. have to do a whole, uh, was it Tag and Bank? What? Uh, there's, there were a series of Star Wars comics under Dark Horse mm-hmm. uh, about these characters, Tag and Bank, who are basically the Rosencrantz and Gildan's term, which would have been a better re- reference to say in the first place. Anywho, uh, but yeah, they were side characters mm-hmm. through the entire Star Wars universe. And all of their stories are just like behind the scenes. Right. Oh, like Lion King 2. <laughs> yeah, or the, one uh, and a half. Yeah, one and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do something like that. So like we get to see right. the company, like follow with the company. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Behind mm-hmm. all of these things, get their side of the story. Them setting that up and all that. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Um, so what do you think is the best sequel past two in the, in the franchise? Well, I actually haven't watched number four yet. Oh. But I did see Prometheus, and I enjoyed it. But yeah. I haven't seen number four. I actually have. The only one I haven't seen is Prometheus. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, why. I legitimately love Prometheus. I get that it's not for everybody. I've heard it's very divisive. Yeah. Uh, I think Prometheus and Requiem are incredibly similar movies. They do a lot of the same things. A lot of the characters make similar bad decisions. Uh. But in Prometheus, there was a theme to it, and Requiem, it was just people being dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I actually think Requiem is my least favorite, and Prometheus would be my most favorite, excluding the first two. Okay. Okay. The okay. first two are really good. Yeah. I really, really like both of them. Yeah. 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 What, what did you think of four, Pat? Uh, I actually watched that this weekend. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually think I like the look of it even better than three. Um, but I like that director. It's the same guy that did Delicatessen, City Lost Children, oh, Amelie. Yeah. Um, really? The director of Amelie made Alien Resurrection? Yeah, that's why yeah. everyone's French in that yeah. movie. Like, all the, the City of Lost Children cast is basically in that movie, yeah. even though I haven't uh, seen it. Got, I've seen enough to know, like, is this a French alien? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the lab assistant from City of Lost Children is the guy. Little, the mouth guy has a little beret on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that way it comes yeah. out. There's like little stripes. Yeah, it's got a little garden gnome, yeah. like Emily. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, uh, Ron Perlman's been in a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like he brought over a lot of his regular cast, and the look of all of his movies, this included, is absolutely spectacular. And I also felt like, even though there were plot issues and studio issues, um, it was young hungry Joss Whedon so there was a lot more character development Mm -hmm. there was a lot more humor to it Mm -hmm. there were a lot more 
badass moments. Like, four has a lot of fun to it. It might not add up to a cohesive whole, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so in conclusion, if we got to make one thing, it would be uh, kind of a mid-quill, side-quill of alien like in between aliens and alien three right mm-hmm. you can even have like the the daughter plot and then go into what happened between aliens and alien three uh, and yeah. then expand it from there because you got all your characters now if we're doing yeah. it now that's yeah do that or do like the daughter series if this was 1991 i would totally do the uh outpost planet okay. like the quarantine suburbs planet all right all right all right well i think we got a movie you guys excellent now we just got to write it, uh, get it produced, and release it, and it will probably some corporate tie-ins, perhaps, Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Send us money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, Taco Bell, like, you know, like, why stop with one meal and you've got a burrito going into each alien mouth or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, a burrito that has a second little burrito that on is the inside. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you could have one of the, those like those two layer tacos, and the aliens eating the one, but the little aliens pushing the other taco <laughs> out the side of it. <laughs> it hey, like right. yeah, alien synergy. steals your nachos with this. Yeah. Hey, come on, alien! All right, well, I think we have a movie, you guys. I love it. Is there any other final thoughts you want to throw in? Um, never forget that this series is about how um. Just stating something else inside your body is um, disgusting and horrible, and that should never be inflicted on anyone against their will. No. 100%. It's a pro-choice movie is what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> kind of <is>. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Pat. Thank you so much, Anna. This was awesome. Uh, do you have any social media you want to you wanna advertise before we go? No. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm trying to start to ease off of it. So Okay. Yeah. Well, we yeah, can, if you don't know well, me, don't request me. A, I don't know you. It's <laughs> clearly a Generation X uh, meeting today. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, thank you, Jimmy, for producing. You didn't. Did you have any opinions on this, by the way, just from listening? Uh, no, I did not. I've never seen the movie. So, but I, I as always, I, I like, I like your guys' writing techniques, dude. Pat always has some wild ideas. He even for does. not even knowing the movie, I'm like, that sounds cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, and we will see everyone next time on the confessional.